Hello, friends. I am so, so, so happy to have you here. Thank you for listening to the Unraveling Podcast with me, Kelly Becerra. In this podcast, we're going to talk about things like bettering your mental health, finding your God-given purpose, and growing deeper in your faith. You guys, it would mean the world to me if you were to rate or review my podcast. And also, don't forget to subscribe so that you can see when new episodes are aired. Now, let's get started, and I hope you enjoy. Alrighty, you guys, thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to have you. I hope that today encourages you, and I have prayed a lot about this particular podcast. So today I want to talk about something I wrote that is a little controversial, at least it caused quite a bit of controversy on my Facebook page, and that is this letter I wrote, and it was called A Letter to the Christian Bad Girl. So I wrote this letter about a year ago, and I wrote it when I had a pretty small Facebook page, not many people following along, and I kind of figured, hey, maybe this would mean something and touch someone's heart of like the 200 people that were on my Facebook page at the time. And so I posted it, not really thinking a whole lot, and then like two days later it had an insane amount of shares and comments and all these things. It was just blowing up, and I think at this point right now it has over 200,000 shares. There was like over 14 million people who viewed it and read it. And so uh, it was definitely the thing that I have written that was shared to the world the most. It was also the most controversial thing I've ever posted and caused quite a bit of ruckus, to say the least. Um, Some that people could see on the comment section, some were just the messages that I got from mostly fellow Christians who were pretty upset with some of the content and some things I said. And so I just wanted to talk about this today because the fact that it reached so many people says that a lot of people related to this. And also, I think it's important to just have these kinds of discussions about things like sin and things like grace and also how we should treat people in church. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm actually going to start by, I was just going to link the letter, but I think I'm actually going to read it so we can discuss it. Okay, here we go. Dear Christian bad girl, I see you, I know you, I am one of you. I'm also a Jesus-loving bad girl. I've done things many Christians would cringe at the thought of. I know the awkwardness you feel when you're around certain church people. It's not that you don't like them or don't want to be their friend, but somewhere in your mind, you wonder what they'd think of you if they really knew you and knew the path you've walked. Maybe you haven't even, maybe you have even been hesitant to get involved in church or really get to know people there. I know I have. It's interesting because the people I've met who truly know Jesus are usually very loving and accepting, yet there are still times I was reluctant to connect with them. Sometimes I still feel like I need to put up a facade around them. Maybe you feel this way too. You wonder what they would say if they knew your your past, especially the dark parts. You wonder how wide their eyes would be if they knew how much your mouth resembled that of a sailor, or how much wine you drank on weeknights, or how you think inappropriate jokes are funny. You try to imagine their response if you were vulnerable enough to share the thoughts that go through your mind. You wonder if they would question if you really love Jesus. I've been there too. But you do really love Jesus. So do I. Yet I have committed just about every sin in the book. I haven't murdered anyone, but besides that, yep, I've done it. And I've hurt myself and a lot of people along the way. But I do still really love him. Maybe you can relate. Here's the thing I've come to learn. Jesus loves us bad girls. He loves the heck out of us. And he doesn't want us to hide either, even the parts of us that are scary to share. 
It's through our testimonies, through these hard times, that his goodness is seen. Your failures, your sin, they don't change whether or not you have a purpose or if he can use you. He can, period. He, we might have taken a rockier road than some. We may have made a few, or a ton, more mistakes than some, but no one is perfect, right? I think if Jesus were here right now, he would give us a giant hug and say how happy he is to have us. He'd say we'd always have a place at the table with him, and that's exactly where he wants us. No lecture, no shaming, just love. So, so much love. Because to him we aren't bad girls at all. We are simply his beloved daughters. So just know the next time you question if you even belong in the church or in a Christian community, or if you really could open up about your past without receiving condemnation, the answer is absolutely. People who know the heart of Jesus and live it out will be there to extend that love and grace to you, no matter what you've done. So come as you are, rebel heart and all. All right, so I want to start by saying that this letter was written not as like a full picture of a testimony or of my testimony. It was just one thought that I had that I made into a letter, mostly because it was something that I was hearing a lot of from women I worked with. So part of it came from my own experience. And then another big part of it was that I happened to be hearing a lot about other women feeling the same way walking into church and feeling this kind of shame and feeling like they had to hide themselves and really feeling like they just weren't good enough to be there because of things that they've done or even the things that they were struggling struggling with currently. And I also just want to say, side note, this also goes for men too. And so my heart behind this letter was not to say like, do whatever you want. It's okay. Jesus loves you. And I think that that's what a lot of people took it as. And I got a lot of messages of people telling me how much I was watering down the Bible and how um, I should be ashamed of myself and how I was satanic. (laughs) I mean, I got all kinds of things. People were very, very upset. Um, On the one hand, I felt very defensive because I mean, it's hard not to feel defensive when someone calls you satanic. Um, On the other hand, I understand to some degree where people were coming from as far as like the, I don't like it when people take the Bible and use it in ways that don't feel true to like what Jesus said. So I did have some understanding of why people would be upset. But I think what upset me more is that this letter was not intended for the person who feels super solid in their faith. It wasn't for the person who has been a Christian their whole life and only hangs around with Christians and goes to church. It was for the person who feels like they have done too much to get to be a part of the Christian community. And that is a real thing. And if that doesn't resonate with some people, then this letter wasn't for them. Um, The fact that I got so many messages, way more than the, the messages that were telling me I was wrong, I got, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of messages from people saying that they needed to read that letter so bad because they simply thought that the Lord would have totally never accepted them just based on their past. They felt like they had just done too much and that no one would accept them in the church. And I that absolutely breaks my heart. And so I will say I do not regret writing this letter at all. I still think that there was so much more good that came from it. It opened up conversations between me and, pe- me and other people. Um, I got to speak into them and tell them that, you know, but Jesus does love them. That That's one thing that I know I am 100% correct about is that Jesus absolutely loves them and that he does have a better way for them and that they can find a community of believers um, who would love them because I know that there are communities like that out there. 
And just for the record, before I dive into this, I do want to say that I firmly believe and know from experience that sin does have consequences and it does pull us away from Jesus. And so I am not someone, I really, really don't like the message of like, go do whatever makes you happy and um, just keep on, you know, putting your desires first. That's absolutely not what I believe will bring anyone real lasting joy or bring them closer to Jesus. I know that's not how it works. And that was not what I was trying to get across, which I think is what a lot of people thought I was trying to say. I believe the effects of sin is devastating. And I also just want to add one more thing that technically we all could fall into this category because all of us don't even come close to Jesus. And we all need Jesus the same. And I know that that's hard for some people to swallow, but it's so true. If we don't meet the marker of perfection, then we need Jesus really bad. And none of us meet that marker. We are all um, just like filthy compared to Jesus. And that's why we need him so much. So one thing I wanted to share today, and I might have to make this into a series because I could talk about this letter and some of these topics forever. But one thing that I'm very passionate about is... um, helping people who um, really struggle with shame. Probably because it's something that I have struggled with a lot in my life, and being a mental health therapist, I see people every single day who are um, struggling with shame or regret or guilt, whatever you want to call it, from the things that they've done in the past, and I know how much that can hold people down. And I also know how easy it can be for us, Christians and just humans in general, to judge people for what they have done. I know that I fall into it sometimes when I hear certain things. I'm just like, wow, how could how could they do that? Um, sometimes I think that about myself. It's like, what were you thinking? How could you have done those things? Like, that is so um, just not okay. And so if I'm honest, what scares me a little bit is thinking about these people um, going into a church setting or Christian community and being met by people who instantly or pretty quickly shut them down and basically tell them or show them that they are not quote-unquote good enough to be there, which is the case for many people. A lot of people have been met with judgment and been met with condemnation from other people in the church. And you guys, I am not here to talk smack about the church. I think it is a beautiful thing. I, even in the letter I said, I have met some of the kindest, most generous, loving, Christ-like people in church, and so I'm not here to talk bad about it, but it is also flawed, and so um, some people are not welcomed into church by people who are necessarily representing Jesus, specifically representing his love and his grace and his forgiveness. Like, something that could bring tears to my eyes instantly is the idea of someone who has been lost walking into a church building and, like, what if Jesus was standing there? Like, how do you think he would welcome them into that church? And I just wonder if that is what's happening when people walk into churches who are lost. Is that if that, if, if the people in the church are welcoming them in that kind of way? Because we know that Jesus celebrates when people come to him. And we know that, um, you know, the prodigal son, he he literally celebrates and heaven celebrates when someone turns to Jesus. But in order for people to turn to Jesus, sometimes they really need a community or they need at least one person um, who will show them that they are worthy and that they are loved as they are today. 
not, hey, once you stop sinning, then you can, you know, then you can come into church or then Jesus will love you. They need someone to welcome them with arms wide open and say, we are happy to have you here. Even if they don't agree with everything they're doing, we need to start with welcoming people in and just showing them that they are important. Because the truth is, you guys, we we don't know what people have gone through. We do not know why they have such a path, a dark past. Maybe it's because they were um, abused as a child. Maybe because they grew up in a super toxic home and that's all they were taught. Or maybe their sin is the way that they have learned to cope with just tragedy and heartache and um, such a deep brokenness. And that, I mean, that's so sad. And instead of pointing out people's sin all the time or making them feel like they can't come in because of this thing, what if we could be the ones who pointed them towards Jesus and showed them that um, all this brokenness can be healed and that Jesus does have a better way for them and we want to help them see that light. And I actually wrote a part two um, to the first letter that I'm going to read just a little part of. So this is a letter to the Christian Bagrail part two and weighs down in it. It says, I believe that the more a person knows and loves Jesus, the more they will naturally want to be like him, live like him, and love like him. But do you know what some people need in order to get that to get that first step of knowing and loving Jesus? They need a community. They need guidance and support. They could probably really benefit from some people opening their arms up wide and saying, come on in. We need to get them in the door first before the rest can happen. You know what won't bring people to Christ? Saying, until you stop sinning, you don't really love God. People need to know God before they have motivation to change for him. Once people learn about him and really get to know him, he will change their hearts, not us. Us humans are not in the heart-changing business. That's never been our job. It is my personal opinion, and I know many won't agree with this, but that before we start correcting people in their sin behaviors, we need to first show them that they are loved and that we are interested in them, and that um, instead of, you know, pointing out their flaws, we could actually just sit with them and get to know them and maybe have a better understanding of what makes them who they are and why they are the way they are and um, check in with them and their emotions. We have no idea what they have gone through. And then what a beautiful thing that could happen when you actually develop a trusting relationship with somebody and then you can try to help point them to Christ, that um, you can start telling them things once they trust you and know that you love them. Um, hey, like I notice you do this, or it seems like you're really hard on yourself here, or um, you know, I, I just can't help but think that um, this thing that you do is probably uh, really you know hurting you. But I believe it all starts first with love. And so my encouragement today is for one, the people who are really struggling with their past. I just pray and hope you know that there is freedom and that you do belong, that um, Jesus came for people like you and me who needed a savior. And it's the most amazing feeling in the world to know that he is already taking care of all of our sin on the cross. We just need to accept him into our hearts and repent. And so I want to just say that to you. If you're feeling like I can't go into church, people will, you know, they won't welcome me in, they'll judge me, then maybe it's time to either look for a new church or maybe that's the perception that you believe that's not actually true. Um, because I do know for a fact there are so many great loving churches and people in the church. 
um, who will welcome you and who will be happy to get to know you and who actually, they don't have any agenda. They just want um, you to know Christ better and they want to be a part of that uh, process. And then I also want to encourage each of us, each of us Christians, that we would think about that picture of Jesus standing at the church as somebody comes back for the first time and that we would try to emulate that, that radical love, that celebration, that we are so happy to have you here um, attitude. We really need Jesus. We all really, really need Jesus. And if we can be the hands and feet of him and help people come in and um, make people want to come back again, that is, that's our job right there. Again, our job is not to make them stop sinning. It is to show them Christ and be Christ to them. We all sin and we all will always fall short of the glory, but what an awesome thing to have a perfect God who makes us holy and makes us pure and makes us righteous through what he did, not through what we do. And so I'm just going to leave with that. I might do another podcast on this. I might not. I don't know. Um, But if you are interested in reading these letters, I will try to attach them to the description Um, But also you can go onto my Facebook blog page, which is The Unraveling Blog by Kelly Becerra or with Kelly Becerra. And I'm also on Instagram under Kelly Becerra. I would love to have you guys there and hear what you think of this podcast and um, just in general hear from you. I love connecting with you guys. Thank you again. I know that there are so many podcasts to be listening to. So the fact that you took the time to listen to this one means the world to me. And I, I love you all. Have a great day.